Before we get into it, a big thank you to today's sponsor, IoT Tech Expo Global, who are hosting their next free-to-attend conference in London between the 1st and 2nd of December. Welcome back to the 5B podcast. I'm Tom White. Today I'm joined by Dimitros from AWS IoT and Shashank from Hitachi Ventara. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Tom. You're very welcome. Um, just to kick off then, could you talk a little bit about your background, Dimitros, and how you got into the IoT world? Yeah, sure. So my background is in business. I studied the business administration and I worked for uh, five years in exports, uh, exporting uh, building materials in uh, in Middle East, North Africa, Balkans and other develop, uh, developing markets and no technology at all. Then I did my MBA at the IE Business School and I changed career to tech and I started my career in IoT with Vodafone Group IoT and uh, then I work with telcos like Telefonica, Sony Semiconductor. So I, I, how I see myself is like bridging the gap between the business side and the industry problems with technology and IoT. And now with the AWS, I'm in the IoT specialist team of AWS, and I'm leading the go-to-market for industrial, uh, industrial IoT for uh, manufacturing and supply chain, trying to help uh, manufacturers, like the companies that were working before, with their uh, industry problems by using uh, IoT and data. Okay, excellent. Thank you for that. And Shashank, how about yourself? Well, interestingly, I have a similar background as Dimitrio. So I started in the mining industry and I was managing the entire processing plant from a maintenance and operations perspective for the for the mining company. I worked there for like, I guess, five years on the shop floor doing my hands dirty, you know, in the mud. And you can imagine all those hard hat, uh, wireless sort of stuff, which I used to do and I still miss it. And then again, similarly did an MBA and then walked into the digital world and when I walked in into the digital world, I was a hardcore, you know, shop floor guy who, who had really no idea about, uh, you know, all of these these buzzwords we keep on saying, right? And for, for at that point of time, for me, infrastructure was actually physical infrastructure. You know, I've never seen, uh, seen those servers, those, those uh, virtual machines we talked about. So, and then I walked in into uh, the IT world, worked uh, in Europe for five years, uh, looking at uh, energy and resources sector, and then moved here to UK and. Then now I'm here with Hitachi, and with Hitachi I lead the uh, the GTM uh, and business development for energy and manufacturing customers for EMEA. Excellent. Yeah. By the way, just say that I, my first job was in mining in India. Oh, is it? Okay. Doing exports from India to Europe wow. for natural stones. Uh, in fact, I was wow, okay. I was in India in iron ore mining as well. You know, so yeah. <laughs> Kindred spirits. Yeah. Um, it's interesting you should talk actually uh, around coming at this from a business angle. I think. We were talking uh, off camera around a lot of people think IoT is for techies, right? And I think it sounds like we've all come from a kind of business to IoT and not necessarily super technical into the IoT field, which is nice um, because I think for IoT to, to have the development that it does need in the world, people need to see it for more than just being a super techie thing. Would you agree? No, exactly. So, I mean, what it helps is that since you have been there, done that, yeah. you've been on the shop floor, uh, you really understand the challenges of the shop floor. Because, I mean, if I was not there, I mean, I can always think about it. But when you're there, you've felt it, right? So when mm. a critical breakdown happens, you can see the phones coming from the from the plant manager. You, you see the, the general manager calling you at 2 a.m. in the night asking, Shashank, what has happened? Mm. Why the plant stopped? Why the production stopped? And you can 
feel that pressure, right? That, that you are the focal point at that point of time where everybody's looking that the most critical asset of your entire value chain of your, let's say mining, for example, from, from, uh, from pit to the, to, the, to the loading plant, it has completely stopped because it works at interlock and everybody's looking at you. There are thousand people who are in all those plants who are just waiting for the plant to stop and, and it's just because the machine which you were working on has, has failed. Now, when I've moved to the digital world, I can actually see uh, that how this digital can actually help me, can, could have provided me all that information, alerts and everything which we build right now mm. to give me that early indication that that breakdown was supposed to happen and I could have prevented that. Most of the cases you can, most of the cases you cannot, but at least it gives you that the decision framework or that, you know, that information available to you which you can use and that's something you can... I mean, the, the bridge between the two worlds, right? That, that comes when you actually spend the life uh, in both the worlds and you can make the best out of it. Uh, that's what I believe. So, yeah. From, your what you, from what you said, I understand that IoT has helped you sleep. Because before IoT, you had to wake up in the night to go to see the machine, the problem. But now the data from the machine helps you. Mm -hmm even predict the problems yeah. and avoid but yeah I'm joking no, no, not probably me because yeah. I was still the, the shift yes, in yes. charge yeah. Yeah. I still yeah. had the yeah. night yeah. shift to do but all the managers definitely yeah. 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 they were sleeping a peaceful life mm. because for them they had the information available for them mm. yeah but but definitely agree and, and I, I always make the point that IoT is about business and change mm. and uh, I see in, in the industry especially the last few years that people who are not in technology or IoT they feel that uh, it's not their job to get involved with IoT, and um, that's why I, four years ago I also started doing teaching as, as a profession for MBA students who are not related to technology or IoT. They are uh, lawyers, they are uh, marketeers, they are um, mechanical engineers or yeah. artists, and trying to explain them what is IoT, what are the benefits, the use cases, the challenges, and how to deal with industry problems. So they can, uh, if they know how to use IoT, then they can solve their problems in their industry. Mm. But we really need the, the business input. And also this is a, a big shift also from, from AWS. Now, the previous year we're focusing only on the IT uh, departments and IT customers, like head of IT, developers. Now we are st starting changing how, to whom we are talking about what. Mm focusing on the business problems, yeah. industry trends. We're also recruiting industry experts. Mm. It's a yeah. big shift, I think, in the industry. I completely agree. I think, I think people talk about IoT uh, today um, in, in, a, in, 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 a, in a really technical sense, whereas in the future, I hope, they'll talk about it as people used to with the internet. Right, yeah. people used to talk about the internet being oh that that kind of techie computer thing, and now yeah. it's intertwined into every everyone's lives. IoT will be the same. Yeah, it it's simply a technology um, circle that improves uh, life and enriches people's lives. Right, so I'd love to talk about it from a business point of view because I think it crosses many different boundaries, um, which leads me on really nicely to talk about the AWS ecosystem. So obviously we're here today with Hitachi Ventara, uh, Dimitrios, you representing AWS IoT. Could you talk a little bit about that ecosystem, how it exists and what you do specifically there? Yeah, uh, so first of all, we think, we, are, we think that uh, working as a, in a partner ecosystem is very important and a big priority for us. And we see also that the customers and the market are really um, embracing that we are helping them 
to get access not only to the AWS services, like uh, artificial intelligence, IoT, cloud, edge computing, but also we help them get access to partners, uh, from hardware partners to um, cloud uh, platform partners or uh, industry-focused partners like Hitachi Ventara. So, um, yeah, it, we are really investing. We have more than 100 uh, partners in uh, IoT and also in industrial IoT, from local system integrators, for example, in UK, to global uh, system integrators, but also for uh, ISVs that are focusing on specific problems and they have built everything on uh, Amazon Web Services. Mm. Um, yeah, so we, we see that you need to work together with other companies in order to solve the important problems of the customers. And only very few um, companies, I think mm. they have, a, from the customer side, they have the technical skills mm. to build everything themselves uh, bring the connectivity, the cloud, the services, the hardware, and build this. This is the minority of the market. The most need a full partner ecosystem, and I think this is the role also that AWS is playing, to not only give our services, but also access to a broader ecosystem that is using AWS services, like it at Ventara. Yeah, excellent. No, in fact, uh, right now it's it's all about you know, creating that, that ecosystem around uh, which can help you to to solve these business challenges, right? So, eventually, we all want to to work together to to bring value to the customers. Now, can you not alone do it? Yes. Uh, can we not alone do it? Yes. In fact, everybody can do it uh, on their own. But the point is, uh, are you bringing the best in everything? Because you you can be jack of all trades, but you will not be the the expert in that. Mm -hmm. And I think creating that ecosystem helps you to bring in the experts of everyone, right? So, I mean, if I want to create another AWS, I don't have thousand people who are working together in building the, the capability, the digital backbone which you are creating, right? Mm -hmm. And similarly, if AWS wants to create the industry expertise, you're not there in the in the manufacturing world for 110 years that you can bring in that, mm -hmm. uh, that industrial expertise. Now, if you join hands together, we bring in the the, the industry expertise or the domain knowledge which, we, which is really important to solve such business problems. And then obviously the digital backbone which uh, has been built uh, something which is scalable for you to, to move and solve your problems is that that's where the partnership and the ecosystem works and then you you need the connectivity and then you need uh, several other things you need the hardware the sensors which will which will go into enabling the machines to transmit that data so you need an ecosystem of partners in, in especially in IOT for sure mm. yeah I completely I completely agree and I think we've spoken about this on the podcast in the in the past right um, you know, and, and we go back to our earlier point, you know, IoT is there to enable change in business. Exactly. So, you know, by having um, a set of experts in AWS and a lot of people uh, within that organization, it means that you can then work for your end customers to do what you need to do without having to ta tackle that problem. And I think that's the beauty of IoT in a way is because uh, not only is it, you know, connecting objects and environments to the internet, but people are working well together in order to solve these problems, which is which is kind of a two-pronged way of looking at it. Um, it goes on quite nicely to the next point, Shashank, around uh, the state of Industry 4.0 at the moment, uh, IIoT and what you're doing at Hitachi within manufacturing. Could you explain a little bit about some of the um, processes and, you know, what what it is that you're trying to, to tackle, especially with your relationship with AWS? Uh, well, this is a, a the worst topic to talk about industry 4.0, and especially in the manufacturing context. I mean, 
right now whatever we're doing uh obviously we are, we itself uh, we are ourselves are the uh, a very big manufacturing yeah. house in house and then obviously we uh, as it achieve entire we go uh, outward also and work with our customers as well now interestingly if you look at what's happening in the industry for now so uh maybe probably if i ask you a question here uh what do you see as the challenges for the manufacturer at this point of time for example in your experience what manufacturers are facing uh we'll talk about uh, the rising energy costs and we're talking about uh, uh you know everybody is looking at because of the supply chain disruptions that how do you uh to solve those problems uh but then we also see this paradigm shift happening in the industry as well and let's take the example of automotives right mm-hmm. so automotives till date were all a very big in uh, ic or in, internal combustion engines powerhouse mm-hmm. right and now suddenly there's a move towards they know i mean ic is still a cash cow for them but they know that 5 years down the line or 10 10 years down the line they want to move away from that to ev mm-hmm. and now you don't have that capital that you go and you invest and you build a new ev plant so the change for them is that you have to use the same plant the same workforce the same partner the same assembly line probably but to create an ev vehicle so you have to repurpose uh, your entire plant which makes it flexible enough to have uh, you know same products coming out of it and that's a challenge which everybody's seeing right so Uh, manufacturers have realized that there's a shift happening in uh, in the consumers there's a shift happening in the industry uh, we uh, uh, so how do we cater to that and many times we also see that i mean manufacturers are also now thinking that wh- how do i move away from a product centric business to more of a services centric business right mm-hmm. so now i'm not interested in just selling you a product but i want that after that there's an after sales service and i continue getting engaged from you and rather than giving you product uh, uh, there in a unit cost i want to give it to you as a service like mm-hmm. all the problems mine you just take the product use it and uh, i make the money and which obviously from let's say numbers perspective helps you in improving your margins improving your revenue stop lines and what not now all of that uh, you know addressing all of these challenges which we just talked about is is all uh, where industry 4.0 is coming into so uh, when you're talking about repurposing your entire assembly line you have to uh, you have to think about intelligent machines you have to think about uh you make your entire assembly line as efficient as you can so that you know you have it gives you enough capacity to uh you know to to fit in or to increase your production i mean uh, i'll just put another example over here so he with with hitachi we have hitachi energy who is one of our sister company mm-hmm. and they are arguably the biggest manufacturer of uh, phase 1 and three phase and, and and single phase uh, transformers and you won't believe uh pre covid the delivery time of of one transformer the lead time for it was 16 weeks 16 to 18 weeks now it is 78 weeks wow and they and so what's happening is that there uh the you know the the, the utilities they're ordering 6 years up front of their demands now so their order intake has increased massively but the capacity is still the same so now you have to look at uh, in your plant for all the possibilities of how that how you can increase the capacities and increase in capacity is not just in making your machine your uh, factory smart you have to also look at your supply chain so how do you make your supply chain more efficient you have to lo- also look at your resources that how do you get in you know your resources and resources uh, you know are always a scarce commodity so so industry 4.0 mm-hmm. actually is, is helping you in enabling all of that so smart uh, machineries we talked about 
mm-hmm. uh, smart supply chain. So that's where you know the uh, I see the role of industry for dot coming, and that's what uh, we have been doing with our customers in helping them in all of these things. So we be uh, predictive maintenance, or be it uh, you know improving your qualities, and especially at this point of time, how do I look at my energy, and how do I make sure that I'm as efficient as I as I can from my energy consumption perspective, and then looking at the supply chain and making supply chain. Uh, more uh, resilient and bringing in tracking and tracing and everything as part of it to give give you enough information to give you uh, uh, let's say I always call it as uh, enough uh, information for you to make those right decisions which are very well informed mm. that's what uh, you know digital gives you and it enables you to have all of that with you mm. yeah I think it's it's fantastic that with uh, the varying sensors that can take place in an industrial context when we look at sustainability, you can reduce energy costs by having a, a closer view actually right. on the ins and outs of, of the plant, of the machinery, of what things are, are doing at that specific time. Um, but of course, uh, this is kind of counterbalanced with the incredible difficult challenges that we've had from supply chain. Right. You know, the example that you've used, what was it, 16 weeks to 78 weeks? Yes, exactly. You know, uh, in your view, when, when are we going to get past that? How, you know, how will this... Uh, evolve over the next few years is, is this just going to be the way it is are we ever going to get out of this bottleneck when would, when would it change well I mean there are a lot of geopolitical factors also which are yeah. coming in right so uh, nobody thought of uh, there would be a war or, or a COVID yeah. or anything of that sort would happen so those things are or have or definitely have a play in there but also I mean uh, the after effect of wars we have not thought of mm. that but yesterday I was, I was watching a video which says many of these things comes from Russia only, right? So your fossil, and then we were talking about nanotechnology for uh, for semiconductors, 80% of it is coming from Russia and 20% from China. So if you take out 80% out of the equation, suddenly the world seems very, very different to you, right? Yeah. So I'm, uh, these challenges would persist, uh, and there's no right answer that tomorrow you can probably build something else. And because these are industries we're talk- talking about, it, it won't... Uh, you won't have a solution tomorrow, right? So, but mm. all you can look at it is how you can make your production, your supply chain, at least your yourself as resilient as you can. And it is always an ecosystem play. So you have to see your uh, suppliers also doing that. And uh, yeah, so you have to, like we say in the sustainability, right? So one company can, or let's say one effort from a company or an individual cannot change the climate, uh, mm. this whole phenomenon for you. It has to be a collective effort not at a company level, not at a, a state level, but at the country's level, at the world's level, where you can actually look at it. And most probably this is what we have to do uh, at this point of time, at a Europe level or maybe you know at the world level to, yeah. to look at it. The good thing is that now there is a technology that which is quite mature, I think, right? That can help the manufacturers um, not to solve every, all the problems, but at least to become more efficient or at the same time produce more or reduce the waste. Yeah. So they can deal with all these uh, anomalies in the market or mm-hmm. the challenges. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm glad we're partnering with uh, Hitachi that in, instead of someone waiting to build everything from zero, now that you have all the accelerators and the frameworks and the, the solutions, industrial solutions yes. to, to help the manufacturers or industrial customers uh, buy or use your solutions and start solving problems instead of building a... Um, smart machine for years or a 
trying to deploy production monitoring or predictive maintenance use cases for years. You can just help them in in few months or weeks start uh, using technology and solving some of the problems and increasing efficiency or reducing a carbon footprint or uh, reducing yeah. waste. Uh, yeah, I think uh, it, yeah. In fact, so solutions are available, but. If I go back uh, a step back, yes, you have accelerators available for you to accelerate your journey, but uh, I think it starts a little back uh, in actually identifying where to start your journey or, or what, where you want to of achieve course. The, the vision, right? The vision mm -hmm. itself, because many times we always go with the flow saying that, yeah, I mean, this is trending, let's do that. Uh, but, you know, what I call it as uh, identifying your problem and most of the time manufacturers know their problem. The people on the shop floor knows their problem. Mm -hmm. It is also about acknowledging the problem. Mm -hmm. In AWS, we call it a working backwards from the customer. Yeah, and okay. it's how we always start. It's not only in AWS, it's in Amazon, mm -hmm. right? Trying to understand what's the customer problem, the needs, and then think the solution and technology. Yeah. But, uh, well, I think you've mentioned that twice, haven't you? You know, the problem on the shop floor. Yeah. Uh, which is a nice, a nice analogy, isn't it? It's about talking about the real life problem Right. That's affecting the person there and then, rather than theorizing what could happen. Um, and I guess the relationship with AWS enables you to go to market a lot quicker, because you're not starting from scratch, because you have experience, you have certain compliance, certain protocols, certain levels of ability in order to enact a solution. And, and is that, I, I assume, being a massive be benefit for the Tauchi Ventara? No, yes, definitely. So, I mean, I think... Uh uh, with AWS, uh, and I think as Dimitri was saying, that mm -hmm. we have used uh, uh, you know the capability which platform offers to build, uh, and we call it as building blocks. So, mm -hmm. building blocks of how do you start your journey. Uh, so, if if you want to look at your maintenance, or if you're facing problems with the supply chain or quality, and I keep on talking about you know these big words, but there are, uh, we can go deep into it. But the point is, we have built all of these building blocks, the accelerators for you, uh, for a manufacturer to start there the journey on and and I think I touched this point that uh, uh, AWS gives the scalability right so you have a platform which is uh, which is and I, I assume that there's a huge investment already happening from uh, uh, from AWS on this so it is yes in fact so I, I, I take the take back I the word assume yeah <laughs> I confirm that uh, there's a huge investment <laughs> happening so uh, every now and then you have more services coming in which mm. uh, helps you to make your uh, solution more robust so the platform's ready, and then obviously uh, with our experiences of working with various other manufacturers, of having actually done it in an industrial setup for uh, you know uh, for ourselves, and then also for uh, for various other customers uh, across the globe, then help us uh, in accelerating that journey very very quickly for yeah. for them. So I mean, how do I position it? Is that you know, let's say the sixty or seventy percent of it is ready, which you can use, but then let's go back. Uh, what's your problem? What do you want to do? Uh, What's the root cause? How do I address the root cause? And then uh, let's work towards uh, in, in, in helping that. Mm. So let's not go with the flow, but let's go back, sit on the shop floor, look at all the problems, identify the ones you want to solve, and then move ahead. Mm. And, and I guess uh, also you're coming from a point of learning from other customers, learning from mistakes that have happened elsewhere when partnering with AWS. Because it's not just... Uh, yeah, Hitachi partnership, there's several other partnerships and so you've got use cases and the ability uh, to kind of advance how quickly you can scale and 
um, and fix some of the problems that you may be facing with your customers, right? Um, which which is a, a lovely position to be in, and and I guess leads on really nicely to talk about what the future is going to look like. We've we've spoken about some of the challenges for supply chain, some of the conflicts uh, happening in the world right now that we would never have known were going to happen five yeah. years ago. Um, what do you see it uh, moving towards, Shashank? You know, where where is smart manufacturing going? Big question. <laughs> no, in fact, it's a big, big question. So I think uh, so. Digital is, I think, the, uh, you know, the intervention from digital, you can see that more often happening in our daily life as well as in industrial life as well. I mean, I'll quote a fact here. Uh, a rolling stock, a bogey uh, of, a, of a passenger train, mm. it has, at this point of time, 2.7 million lines of code. While, 10 years back, it has none. And it was all by wire 10 years back. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. So, so, and so you can see the uh, that... Going forward, all your machines are going to become more sophisticated. It will have more layers of, of software coming on it, on top of it. And you'll have a lot of, uh, and in fact, the manufacturers themselves, right? So you talk about the big uh, manufacturers of, you know, the machines and uh, they're, they're bringing a lot of automation, robotics, uh, you know, a lot of software themselves, which mm. enables you to make your machine more smart, sensorized, mm. and you can capture all of that information now. I mean, 10 years back, I mean, I've... Whenever we, um, when we go to our customers, uh, we, have, we see with them two different set of machines. Machines which are there from last 25 years, and we call them as type 3 machines. Okay. That, you know, you'll have nightmares connecting to those machines, right? right. Some could be 50 years old. Yeah, some could be 50 years old, yeah. and then you think of a very more. different way of how do you connect them. Yeah. And then there are newly procured machines which are all sensorized, all new, all tech, which you can immediately use, uh, get a lot of information out of it, and then you'll start building all of those use cases. So I think there is already, a, a, I would say, a cognizance in the, in the manufacturing world where they know that uh, going forward, they, they want to leverage on these technologies, that uh, this digital more. So uh, machines becoming more smart, uh, the culture's changing as well. And I think that is very, very important aspect that, you know, digital will always, always be an enabler for you. You'll, you can have great digital things uh, in your environment running a lot of, uh, uh, AI, ML, you, you can have a lot of algorithms. Uh, you, you can talk about a random forest and whatnot, running uh, and uh, analyzing all of your information, generating alerts. But then the culture is also very important because uh, at the end of the day, uh, digital will give you the right information. But you have to go to the machine, stop it, do the maintenance, and then bring it on. And many and if you keep on ignoring it, nobody can, can help you in that. So, mm. uh, so that's what I'm saying. So... Digital's helping in, in, in you making yourself more smart, so smart factories, smart supply chain. Nowadays, manufacturers, uh, you know, they're trying to to have an entire visibility of the supply chain. So, uh, you know, they're working with the with uh, with the uh, logistic partners in in capturing all the information. And uh, I've seen uh, customers, and uh, and I was uh, talking to them. So now they have a visibility that uh, when the material has started from the previous continent, when it is in the ship, what is the lead time for them? Uh, for it to come to land on the port and then from port to when it, where it comes to their... How uh, are you helping the, uh, this project? No, so they have built it on their own, but now we are helping them in, in more from port to, to actually... Using uh, RFID. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, so yes, yeah, so uh, th this is not exactly this customer, but I was talking... Uh, for, if you want uh, an example... No, of just it. curious. No, I'm just saying. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so, so there's another customer where we're helping them into more of, uh, you know, so when an engine gets out of uh, 
and it's an automotive customer. So when an engine gets out of their assembly, mm. uh, you put RFIDs, obviously, uh, and then you capture the information of the entire movement of the assets from one facility to another facility. And then when it enters into another facility, uh, it get automate it gets automatically checked in into the plant, uh, and you know all this process is completely automated. So there is no manual intervention. Now it it seems a very small uh, sort of not small a very simple problem to solve. Mm. But it can become really very complicated if you forget or if you, you know, uh, where your engines are or where your assets are. And you can say that, you know, it's a, it's a big bulky asset. How can you forget it? But trust me, people have oh, so yeah. many. So, <laughs> so, so, is the so is the future then completely software defined when it comes to manufacturing? Is, is, is that what you're saying? You use the example at the start about, uh, you know, the train with 2.7 million lines of code yeah. compared to yesterday. Um, well, not yesterday, but metaphorically, ten years back. 10 years yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. Um, and is that where it's going with uh, manufacturing in general? Everything is going to be software defined. Uh, well, what I'm saying is that digital will have a a big role to play in this, yeah. uh, which uh, you know makes it. Uh, uh, what's the right word for that? But yeah, I'm, uh, it is going to make it more uh, smarter for you. All the uh, uh, data and. Uh, uh, information available for you to take all the decisions uh, yeah. using uh, digital in various different forms and not just let's say IoT but I mean uh, you know uh, you can uh, digitize I mean interesting thing I've seen is that even in today's world there are a lot of things happening on paper mm. so when you move uh, away from that and uh, and we have done a very simple digitalization project I mean you can call it as a digitalized project but basically you've taken paper out and you've made it more uh, uh, you know uh, software oriented or uh, just a web page oriented and then yeah. uh, you s you can see a, a huge change so sh definitely digital will have a role uh, in play in in uh, creating the future of, of manufacturing but then apart from digital the robotics uh, you know all those uh, investments happening in the in the high-tech machineries and everything is is definitely going towards that and again when you have these uh, high-tech machines you have high-tech uh, uh, equipments with you you also may want to make use of uh, as I said, capture that information which is available for, uh, there to make the best use uh, of it and to make it to make yourself more efficient, more productive, uh, and as we said, you know, the uh, make the best user experience which we were talking about the last yeah, uh, yeah. few weeks. Yeah. What about you? Uh, your views, uh, Dimitrios? What do you think about the future? Well, just. The uh, I want to go back to the point about the paper because I think we're talking about industrial point no decent transformation and I see first of all it's very I see in the market that now almost every manufacturer start thinking if they haven't started yet their digital journey they are started thinking okay how to start with whom with which partner what could be the first use case which I think uh, it's it's great timing and yeah. it's good that it's happening now and not in 10 years so I think the, there is momentum in the market mm. but I, I hear customers talking about digital twins, predictive maintenance, um, very, some very advanced concepts, but uh, today they're using paper mm. to report uh, when the machine is uh, broken or to report the productivity of the production line, which, um, which it, I think for them, like what the future of manufacturing could be how to avoid using paper. Yeah, yeah. And how to uh, be able to have real-time data from the machines without the human uh, intervention of someone taking notes, giving a call to the um, to the warehouse or to the headquarters to report a problem or the productivity. So I think 
it depends for the future of manufacturing mm-hmm. depends on where you are today mm-hmm. as a manufacturer so uh, yeah, the one absolutely. category is uh, the, the manufacturers who are uh, they haven't started yet their projects and maybe they have done just few pilots which are very siloed and like here and there and the first is to be able to put some sensors in their factories get the existing data from factories from ERP from SCADA systems and try to avoid paper and automate reporting alerts and having dashboards instead of Excel right. and have yeah. more like real-time visibility yeah. so I think yeah. this is the future of manufacturing for manufacturers that are starting yeah, yeah, no, exactly. now so I, I think and then a- the second I think with the most more advanced I think is like how to okay customers manufacturer doing some projects uh, or use cases in one factory or in another factory different use cases but for a manufacturer that has more than one factories I think the future is how to um, create some um, consistency on the use cases on the way that you structure the data and have a central point of view let's say for the headquarters mm. across the factories to be able to ask the same KPIs for every factory to compare the productivity yeah, in fact. to understand the best practices or bad practices from one to the other and be able to from top down bring the good practices and we call it in AWS as industrial data lake right how to yeah. build everything and give the insights to the headquarters but also to each plant manager or the software to give the the information mm-hmm. they need in real time or quickly or automate so this is like distributing the insights across the group of the company and sharing with the finance team with sales with maintenance I think this is the future, which we discussed about this for years, mm. but I don't think it's um, very widely uh, adopted. But we have customers like uh, Yara in Norway, it's a huge, uh, um, it's a global agricultural chemical yeah. company that they started their journey with AWS last year in order to connect all their uh, sites and mines and have the central point of view. Or we're working with Heineken, with... Um, Coca-Cola HSEC, one of the biggest bottlers of uh, right. Coca-Cola, to achieve this vision. Mm-hmm. So I think this is like how to go from many fragmented and silo use cases in one or two factories right. to now, deploy to so all the factories and have a central yeah. point of view with data lakes. And so it, you touched a very important point, and that's what we call as stairway to value, right? It's an incremental approach of moving from where you are to where you want. and. This is basically the, the maturity curve which we talk about, right? So not every manufacturer at this point of time is, is at the same maturity. And in fact, not all of your plants are also at the same uh, same mm-hmm. maturity at that point of time. And that's the point which uh, Dimitri said, that you have to identify and and do it in a very, very objective uh, way that where you stand at this point of time. So if you're still using papers, if you're still uh, you know working in a very siloed, fragmented manner, let's forget about predictive maintenance and you know all of these great things of industry 4.0 let's let's first you know eliminate those silos uh, let's have the information sharing uh, very seamlessly within the organization within the functions uh, which Dimitri was, was mentioning about and that's the next step once you have uh, a complete uh, information sharing happening across everybody uh, you have the industrial data lake built uh, and you have uh, 
let's say overcome of of these simple challenges which we call it as but it's not as simple as it seems then you move it to the next step where you kind of you know just create those alerts and and you know the simple rules on your data to give you the next level of insights on that forget about ai ml at this point of time mm-hmm. let's mm-hmm. move step by step yeah you know once you're at that stage where you think that yes i've probably solved most of my challenges it's time for me to go advanced that's where you you bring in you know all this ai ml and everything in your uh, uh estate and then start incrementally moving away from there yeah so probably my vision would be as a manufacturer uh, you know and that's what i helped uh, we were helping one of anotics uh, machine manufacturing companies that when the once the assets is in operations uh, you know we're collecting every information from there using their information in uh, through our ai ml models and then giving the insight back to the end customers about how and when the asset's going to fail and and also the remaining useful life of the asset and that does not help you just in the in the production but that also helps you in your inventory so we we act the now it looks like a predictive maintenance case for you but it actually also help them in reducing their inventory cost by a huge amount mm. because for such a critical assets uh, you you i mean if you don't have a visibility when it's going to break you keep on uh, you know stock of inventory with you in a hub and spoke model and then uh, point is that uh, inventory carrying cost is always there right it adds to your your uh, your costs mm. now if you have a clear visibility of when's the asset uh, you know what's the remaining useful life of your asset then you can not only you know look at your production your plans and uh, you know again your maintenance and you can plan your maintenance as well but you can also look at your inventory you know optimize that inventory a lot and that's a big big saving mm. so and this period of the supply chain is so disrupted yeah exactly so so probably yes uh, you want to arrive at that stage definitely you want to arrive at that incrementally stage, but yeah. incrementally i think it's i think it's important i mean uh, fascinating views from both of you on this but i think uh, there's two things that sprung to mind whilst you were, were both talking right and one's quite close to home so i've just ordered a uh, a tablet called a remarkable tablet i don't know if you've heard of remarkable right. but it's the fastest growing tab- uh, fastest selling tablet you can get at the moment okay and what it does is it mirrors writing stuff down on paper but in a digital format, right? right. Um, and so it's good for when you're reviewing documents and you can circle, et cetera, et cetera. The free to attend IoT Tech Expo Global is arriving on the 1st and 2nd of December at Olympia in London with over 100 speakers and 5,000 attendees. The conference is back and better than ever with features including an AI-powered matchmaking tool, live and on-demand sessions, and access to four co-located shows, including blockchain, digital transformation, AI, and big data expos. Speakers include representatives of top companies such as Arup, Lloyds Banking Group, building research establishment and many more the iottechexpo.com/global to secure your free ticket details are in the description below and i think the other aspect that i was thinking of when you were talking about manufacturing is you know why is something when it's handmade sold at a premium you know yeah because you you sell it on the fact that it's handmade so i think this is a uh, a psychological and societal uh, issue that we have is that you know, to move away from paper or to move into fully software defined and manufacturing has to be uh, a stairway as you mentioned yeah because we still value uh doing things by hand right and that's probably one of the challenges that we face yes. in moving into manufacturing in a completely smart context because Absolutely. we are the blocker in this so 
sorry Dimitri, another example here and that's coming from my own real life experience when i was on the shop floor so for example uh when once every shift closes uh there's another shift uh, which starts and there's a there are two different shift in charges and there's a handshake which happens between both of them where uh the previous shift in charge will give the next one mm-hmm. a complete view of how the plant's running uh, uh what are the problems and things like that and mm-hmm. and generally you have a shift logbook so if you go to a you know any of these uh, uh manufacturers or any company where you run a shift even the security guys right you you always have a shift logbook which has a complete summary of what has happened in that particular shift mm. and then that is handed over to the next guy for him for his understanding that okay what has happened now if you do it on paper there's no harm in that but many times when you had a real bad shift you talk about certain problems many thousand problems which are written over there that okay this machine's faulty you need to inspect this machine you need to go to the conveyor belt look at the conveyor belt there are 1 2 3 and 5 10 rollers which you know you need to change many things like that right and then it comes to me i might address few of them i might not and if i miss a few of them and the next when i move to the next shift if i miss this point i mean one of this point which is manual right i mean it, it can it can always happen mm. eventually you're all doing uh, manual stuff so capturing this information from here and then i have to hand it over to to my to the next shift and many times in this handshake you miss on very critical points and it was just for example an inspection so i told you that hey tom uh, you know that i i see a sound coming from that uh, that machine mm. just go and check if the vibrations really high or if if there's a huge sound coming in because it it can become catastrophic if you ignore it and then yeah you had in your mind and then you you know you went into your shift your routine uh, problems and things like that and then you completely forgot about it mm. and then the operator which was uh, handling that machine you don't know whether he he did it he did not uh, and then you know you went to the next shift and you completely forgot about it and it's gone and mm. and you know once you come in the next shift or next day in your shift and you realize you know that that the machine has now broken down and that line is completely stopped now is it somebody's problem no but imagine a digital world where i have put all of these observations in a in a software which is let's say just a simple form and it captures all of those critical problems and put it in front of a screen to in front of you and which is already captured and then if you have addressed this problem you just say yes to it and then when it comes to the to the next guy he knows that yeah it's red oh, sorry it's it's green it's mm-hmm. all done in case not he know that there's something to address mm-hmm. and it's a very simple thing mm-hmm. but also with iot right you, the you can have on your tablet the information that this machine has a problem with vibration or noise and it it's reported there the time the problem exactly send alerts so someone can go or even if they use predictive maintenance right with mm-hmm. artificial intelligence that you can in 3 days or 3 weeks yeah it so may need and call this expert to come yes uh, so yeah when we were talking about The IoT, next step, IoT I mean, making it yeah. even more advanced. So we were coming to that to Tom's point that that even if you digitize it, you know, just just the first step, you take the first step, you've solved some of your challenges right yes. there. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. And just to, uh, it is uh, very interesting what you said about the assessment because uh, that you uh, and what I have seen is like uh, customers are coming say, hey, we want to do connected factory. or want to do predictive maintenance but uh, they they uh, they struggle to understand what is their um, status today and, and i think it would be it, nice it, if you say a few words about the assessment service that he no, is offering because it's it's like 
first you need to understand even for our healthcare as people right mm. uh, when we need to understand what is our blood test what is our current status in order to correct something or improve Absolutely. or become a more uh, fit mm. or go for ironman <laughs> so, <laughs> so it, i think it's good and something that is missing in the market and we we start saying to the customer like okay we either with aws directly with our professional services let's do an assessment mm -hmm. of your current status like do you have connectivity in the factory do you collect any data from your machines is, is it every, do you use excel or like and then do you have the people to run the machines or the digital like understand where you are today so we can tell you or the partner yeah. what are the best next steps so in four weeks yeah four months to have and you know to reach some milestones i mean i'll take the doctor's analogy over here right so when you go to a doctor you don't tell him about what you know the medication you want you just tell him the symptoms right mm -hmm. so i think that's that's an analogy right so when i when we go with a manufacturer I mean, uh, together uh, we talk about the symptoms right let's talk about what are the symptoms what are the problems there and then once we know the problems and we know uh, you know those critical issues or challenges we're facing then we'll uh, you know create that uh, that roadmap solutions whatever you want to call it as to solve the challenges mm. most of the time we don't start at that stop uh, that stage as uh, dimitri was saying that many times customer uh, you know probably they've gone to the events or i think i mean some of them they they've done it in a very structured way and they know uh, what they want to achieve some of uh, some of some of the times they say that yeah i want to do predictive maintenance and then you know we get get into a workshop and say all right you have the machines which uh, image data no uh, connectivity i mean so there are many things which they haven't thought about at that point mm -hmm. of time mm -hmm. and some of the times that's also not your problem which you want to address uh, probably your, your problem lies somewhere else so uh, what we start and the a typical way to start with a customer is obviously uh, sit down let's get into a workshop let's understand uh, the problems if possible let's have a factory work also because uh, we have seen it in many other manufacturing uh, uh, customers as well we worked into different factories something which is producing steel or sometimes automotive or sometimes chemicals and and what not so we know very very different things which we have seen happening in the customer and we can always point it out i mean yes you know your uh, factory much better than us uh, there's no doubt about it but you know uh, we do carry certain best practices from one industry to another which always Uh, you know is helpful to to talk about in a conversation so point is let's go back uh, let's step back you know start from that traditional why why analysis right mm -hmm. which we always used to say what's the problem what's the problem what's the problem what's the arrive at that root root cause and then start uh, working towards it and then you know the assessment comes into play is that okay uh, are the machines ready if not then how do you uh, you know make them more connected if uh, you know uh, you, as you said people and then all of those things so th that all comes as part of assessment where we can we can help you to understand where you are and then how the uh, you know the vision should look like yeah. moving forward from there. and i think there's an element of the manufacturer being comfortable going up the staircase yes to more software defined because at each step um there's a certain level of um how would you say a new world right you know yeah. doing things in a different way not using the paper not using the excel spreadsheet and going to another stage don't right. do you find that sometimes with some customers that you you could probably take them much further right but they they don't want to go there yet <laughs> and we have built something together with Hitachi actually to 
facilitate this um, journey, okay. especially at the beginning and especially for customers who are not the who are uh, maybe new in the use case or new in the digital journey. And what we have done is, after the assessment, hopefully they want the assessment because it's very important. Yeah. Uh, we we have we know which are the most common use cases in the market, mm. like uh, production monitoring, like connecting few machines to understand uh, yeah. the productivity alerts, having dashboard, avoid paper. Um, this one use case. The other is um, energy optimization that now is becoming so popular because of the energy cost and also because of sustainability. And the third one is about track and trace. So we took the most common use cases and played also with the expertise of uh, Hitachi. And we built um, some uh, pilot offerings that have a very fixed uh, scope. Right. And Low investments. They, they can be okay. delivered in a in a fixed time, mm -hmm. so you need to say the 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 confirm numbers, but in few weeks to deliver uh, to connect let's say four machines, mm -hmm. and uh, so you create a dashboard, connect the machines, right. or do energy monitoring for these four machines, and the cost could be was thirty k, forty k, something like that. Depends always on the. Yeah. Yeah. What is the assessment, the result of the assessment yeah. of the factory? And th by this way, we try to reduce the uncertainty and the perceived risk yes. for the manufacturer, knowing that, okay, this will be the small investment you need, and this is the expected outcome you you should, ex you should expect after a few weeks, and show them what, <coughs> what is the art of possible, mm -hmm. just from few machines. And if this goes well, um, the our main stakeholders in the customer side they can present this um, use case and yeah. and, and examples to to the headquarters yeah. or to the CFO or yeah. to other people that in the company yeah. and invest like to full production scale. Yeah. But this pilot, we have defined it to be scalable, not to be you know the classic story many pilots that do not scale yeah, yeah, no, and be like, quickly yeah. to be able to scale in the full production in one factory yeah. and from one factory to the other factories of the customer. And yeah. this is, we start seeing um, traction in the market. Right. And instead of talking about very futuristic ideas, I mean, we always talk about the vision, yeah. where you should be aiming to go, but mm. we say, okay, these are some recommended uh, first next steps that you can take and and start your journey. Yeah, and, and that seems a logical way of doing it, almost almost like a proof of concept, moving across the pilot, um, and then multiple pilots to, to give confidence that it can work at scale before you yeah. roll it out wide. And, and, and I assume that's a common way of doing it with some customers. Improve it in a few weeks. Yes. Like, yeah, exactly. No need to be yeah. one year pilot. Like, uh, yeah. Right, so prove the value. Concept's already proven, I guess. Everybody yeah. talks about industry photo. So prove the value in your uh, your environment, uh, your industry, your your shop floor, that yes, it is valuable to you, and then move forward. So I think there are many terms for it, and then you know we call it as either fail fast, so that you know you do a little investment, you understand, yeah, this is something which I want to achieve, and then scale up, or you know just scrap scrap it. It's not that you've invested millions on it, and then suddenly you realize I'm not going anywhere. So fail fast, or you know uh, start small. I mean there are many words to to say that. And interestingly, you talked about energy, which is. Right now, I say the biggest uh, problems which all of us face, not yes, just is becoming I think the most common use case, and now. it's the mo and it's the most common problem. So I'm 
every time when I speak to a customer, they they just uh, have this biggest problem. I mean, I was speaking to to a company in Ireland, and they said that uh, you know their energy cost have raised from uh, I think they talked about forecast. So in three years, it was going from ten million to thirty one million. And I mean, look at twenty-one million dollars from where you either you take hits yeah. on your uh, huge hits on your uh, uh, margin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so then everybody is looking at uh, let's have some uh, you know uh, uh, digital products to or a, a solution built to monitor energy. Now, have you looked at energy? I mean, yes, this is one way to do it. But they, you can look at at just energy in multiple different areas. And I call it as a 360 view of how you reduce energy, mm-hmm. and especially from a manufacturing concept, oh, sorry, uh, perspective. So mm-hmm. one way is, uh, is obviously to start with the procurement itself. So when you procure energy, the ways uh, where you can uh, you know, uh, get it from green sources or look at you know, at what time you're buying it, uh, you yeah. know, uh, stabilize it across the grid, which you know, Hitachi Energy, which Amazon is a good example because the the largest uh, commercial buyer of uh, renewable energy, right, and has committed by twenty twenty five to be the to to to, to uh, cover everything all the operations mm. through renewable energy, which is a wow. bold uh, commitment, and and I see also many manufacturers like they're trying to do this yeah. or like I know. Uh, in Manchester, there is one small manufacturer. They have put at the rooftop all solar panels. Yeah. And now we are discussing getting data from the solar panels, and putting also sensors to their uh, main machines. Right. And uh, trying to understand the productivity, but mainly with a goal of reducing energy. Yeah. And, in, and increasing efficiency for sustainability sustainability right. outcomes. Yeah. And the CEO wants to. Report this also on the website to have like carbon footprint, waste in real time reporting, which is quite no, it, it is innovative yeah, yeah. way yeah. of thinking. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so to the point that uh, that's one way that okay, uh, you looked at the energy itself, the procurement. Then you look at uh, the consumption because just having uh, a visibility of your consumption, uh, many times you don't understand that mm. which is let's say uh, which is the machine which is uh, consuming the most amount of energy. Mm. So. Uh, then just having a uh, you know installing meters and capturing that information and have standard dashboards which start giving you the consumption pattern itself will give you a lot of insights and then uh, also look at it from an operations perspective so if you improve your uh, your production efficiency if you improve uh, cut down on your maintenance if you improve your quality reduce the rework there also you you implicitly are saving a lot of uh, energy so don't target your energy just from you know uh, let's uh, capture the energy information, but also look at how do you bring in uh, you know this productivity and efficiency in your processes, so that either you you produce more in the same given period of time when you're consuming that energy, or uh, you know you produce it fast and shut down if there's no demand. Mm. So in both the cases, uh, you're actually you know you talked about industry 4.0. You're bringing industry 4.0 or you know all this digital uh, uh, backbone to help you improving. Uh, you know efficiencies and it, which is implicitly reducing your energy costs. Mm. So that this three hundred and sixty view of how do you look at your your energy, mm. right? I think and I think and I think it's an important way to look at it. I mean, clearly we've got spiraling energy costs. You know, uh, you need to reduce them a because of the cost, but b it's a good thing to do anyway to reduce energy costs. Yeah. Um, storage is a is a difficult you know, of energy, right? So the actual storing of it, you know, you mentioned you could get it in the night time, for instance, or what have you. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but where do you store that in order to use it at the right time as well, right? And this right. is a 
big challenge for manufacturers sometimes. No, absolutely. And, you know, uh, nowadays uh, we're talking about uh, uh, battery energy storage systems yeah. are coming in. So when you have the uh, these lot of batteries, you create the storage systems mm. and then you start giving back to the grid. Yes. So, and I think this is what, uh, you know, we were talking earlier is that uh, the traditional grid is all unidirectional, right? You generate, uh, transmit, distribute. Now the element of giving it back to grid is coming. So making the grid bidirectional is... is yeah, it's coming into picture, and uh, and because of all of these concepts of now manufacturers trying to you know uh, look at what are the ways you can use in house. Uh, for example, if there's a huge battery uh, uh, element in your uh, in your supply chain, you then use that and create those battery energy storage systems and start giving it back to the grid. So that sometimes offset you a lot of uh, carbon footprint yeah. and a little bit on energy. So that's a uh, yeah, that's a I would say. Um, a way where uh, people are looking at, but then many a times people say that we are not experts in generating energy, so let's forget about it. Let's let's focus on the on the core problem of how do I reduce it in my uh, factory setup itself, and by looking at as I said, look at it from all the perspectives. So, how do you reduce your rework? Make it you know first time right. How do you uh, make sure your machines are running at a optimum capacity, uh, not breaking down? Uh, how you can reduce your unplanned maintenance, and then obviously how you can make your production time or uh, production uh, efficient, reduce cycle times, uh, increase your capacity. So that all helps you implicitly in reducing energy costs. And then you office, obviously you can build in, uh, you know, uh, solutions uh, and also AIML on your energy consumption to understand uh, what are the digital interventions you can bring in to reduce your spend. And I mean, smart lighting, smart, uh, you know, all of yeah. smart HVACs are all now typical use cases which you will see, but then, uh, you know, that also helps you uh, in a lot of reduction. You know, yeah, I mean, it, it's a fantastic time. And, we, you know, I, 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 I asked a question, you know, what is the future of manufacturing? And it, and it, and it seems to me there's, it's a multi-step process. Right, taking people on a journey, it is looking at energy, looking at them various uh, aspects that people can take, pilots to get to that point, etc. But a, an, an exciting time and, and fabulous work uh, that you know both both you guys and your respective businesses are doing. I wanted to move on to to my next point as kind of we're nearing the end of the show today around around the future progression between your businesses. So obviously AWS and Hitachi partnership, where is this going in the future? Um, I, I assume uh, working on more projects, more initiatives, etc. together. What does that look like? Dimitrios, perhaps you can Yeah, I can start. Uh, first of all is we're focusing on the customer. So it's how to uh, work even closer to serve our customers, listen to their needs, and then uh, try to bring as you said the right solutions and, and deliver all of this um, and also how to to co-innovate with our customers like for a, in, a smart industrial machines how we help them change the business model machines as a service uh, and of course smart factors so one is helping our customers second co-innovating with our customers and uh, third i would say how to continue the co-innovation together um, to build a new uh, industrial IoT or AI solutions together with Hitachi using AWS services um, and build some, bring something new in the market based on the customer feedback. Um, yeah, and also how to, to create some more, I think, thought leadership in the market, uh, how yeah. to make it uh, tangible and share some good stories. 
of how we help customers. I think these are some key yeah, elements. Yeah. And we have a fully packed agenda for uh, November. We, we can talk about this later. We'll yeah. that. Right, and I think probably one thing I'll add to, to this is, uh, I think you've covered everything, it's just that earlier when we, start, I mean, when we started uh, the podcast, we talked about uh, that you, we were earlier talking only to the IT people and not to the business people. Uh, and the key of such a large transformation is obviously having everybody, all the stakeholders on board. So be it IT, be it business. I mean, I think we always call it out very, very clearly that if you really want to have, uh, bring the business value and you know, transform digitally, you need to have both the stakeholders working together from business and IT all together. And I think one of the elements of the partnership is that uh, I think AWS has a very strong hold uh, with the digital community in the in the in an organization or a customer. Let's say uh, we, uh, you know, generally and for example, I'll call it for myself. I generally connect with with the business very well because I've been in the business. Or the OT industrial, yes, industrial, and you know, people on the shop floor, and then you know when we it's it's a tripartite four-parted meeting right so yeah. when you have aws us and the it and the you know the software guys all together working towards one problem to solve and that's the recipe for success and that's what uh, we're looking forward more in the partnership that you know how do we can bring all the stakeholders all together to to you know to make it really successful for our customers to bring in that value for them rather than you know somebody just creating a pilot or doing and just to add on this that in aws we have some uh, mechanisms to to invite the customers um, um in a, in the same room virtual or real room right. and discuss about uh, the future of their industry their uh, use cases pain points or even to use the innovation culture of uh, amazon with a PR FAQ, we call it, which okay. is like to create a press release, like discuss with the customer, understand the pain points, who is the the user of the service that they're going to build, and create a press release and have a FAQ questions at the end. And this is how we help customers innovate. And usually we invite also the partner to have this workshop together and from the customer side, it's not only the IT team, it's, yeah, yeah, it's exactly. the, the business teams. Maybe the CEO, CFO, finance, marketing, right. OT, head of manufacturing, it depends what is the cost company and the, the problem they try to solve. So this is a, we start seeing, before it was not so much in manufacturing, but now we start seeing many customers mm. want to participate in yeah. this kind of workshops or in the Amazon innovation culture process and yeah. we do this with the partners and yeah we're looking forward to do even more with Hitachi next year fantastic guys thank you so much it's uh it's great to understand and I think this tripartite relationship that you've got with your end customers it works really well together and you can see that there's, there's clearly a bond here um as usual as we come to the end of the show we've got some quick fire questions I want to ask you guys. I thought you asked us already, no? Uh, no, no, we haven't started yet. <laughs> uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick them out from uh, a random list that I have in front of me. Uh, Dimitrios, um, what advice would you give your younger self getting into technology? Okay, that's a nice question. Um, first of all, don't be afraid of technology. And technology is not only for the techies or the people with that studied tech or uh, technology. Um, As you started the show by saying, right? Yes, and I'm saying always to my MBA students, like, don't. And, and uh, 
try to understand what are your strengths and what are your uh, transferable skills and see how you can add value and of course be open to learn and be curious um, go to events read uh, watch podcasts and uh, all this stuff so so be brave to learn and uh, and be also confident that you can contribute excellent thank you for that uh, Shashank what is the um what is an emerging uh, trend or technology trend at the moment that you think won't stand the test of time? Won't. Won't, won't. stand it. Whoa. That is maybe slightly overhyped. Well, that's a very difficult question. <laughs> I think Tom has something in mind specifically. You know, I, I know. Uh, maybe. And don't got, uh, you know, uh, I would say, kill me for this. And uh, I assume uh, uh, some of the large... Uh, tech companies are going to be very, very angry with me. But I mean, this is completely my opinion. Uh, I would say, I mean, and uh, so Metaverse, right? So we talk about Metaverse. Yeah. Metaverse is very, really nice and it's it has real value in a lot of contexts, right? So I was reading uh, yesterday, Hitachi itself is using Metaverse, but in a nuclear context where, you know, uh, you look at cutting uh, your asset, uh, or not cutting asset, disposing or dismantling your asset, a nuclear asset, and look at uh, the impact, the impact of the radiation, because you want to save, you don't want to do it physically, but do it first, first in the virtual world to understand the implications, because you know, nuclear could be could be a real challenge. So it has a real applicability in some of the uh, you know industries, maybe life sciences, pharma, but you know in the manufacturing world, I I don't see. You're very Met diplomatic, Shashank. No, no, but I, I don't see met metaverse. Uh, I thought you mean only in industrial, you see it, but not out of industrial, no? Yeah, I mean, I, no, I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm, I mean, I feel uh, for machines, let's say, I mean, uh, you don't need, probably need metaverse uh, yeah. at this point of time. Yeah. Probably 10 years this from now. This could be another yes. session. Let's define what is right. metaverse. Yeah, exactly. This is a big value. I, I appreciate you saying that. I mean, I, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but there's a, a, a lot of the times that we ask these questions, uh, most people say the metaverse. What is the percentage you think? Uh, I think it's nine out of ten people say that. Right. Yeah. Uh, and you've only got to look at the news about Zuck and you know. No, that's, that's what I'm saying. So I mean, it's it's good. I mean, it's not yeah. that it's not good, and it yeah. has, it has its applicability. You use it, and in certain cases, it is really nice. I'm just thinking that the manufacturing world is probably not ready for it right now. Yeah. It would be, uh, and it is also evolving, right? So it, there's two two dot three dot I don't know where it stands at this point of time. Uh, I think uh, it is kind of constantly evolving and it would probably and it will bring a lot of value not now probably yeah yeah okay excellent well guys thank you so much and in terms of socials where can we find out more on AWS IoT yeah on the web page of AWS there's AWS IoT web page or AWS for manufacturing or for industrial and uh, you can find lots of content there also uh, reInvent is coming, which is the largest uh, AWS uh, conference in Las Vegas, but will be also uh, open and accessible online. Okay. So, and uh, all the new services, new announcements will be uh, shared there, and will be also many sessions around industrial manufacturing. I know there is at least one or two with Hitachi and yes. AWS. Yes. And uh, also there will be an IoT um, leadership session and many other like technical sessions or business sessions. Also customers will talk. So stay tuned. This is end of uh, November for, um, for one week. 
Excellent. Uh, I recommend to register and uh, watch it. All right. And uh, feel free also to connect uh, with me on uh, LinkedIn, Dimitrios Piliopoulos IoT, uh, or uh, follow my hashtag uh, Dimitrios IoT. Okay. To, <laughs> to see what is happening in Thanks. IoT world. Fantastic. Thank you, Dimitrios. And uh, Shashank, how can people find out more about Hitachi Ventara? Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, they can. Uh, you can reach out to Hitachi on hitachiventara.com. Uh, and then you know we you'll find us uh, in reinvent so if you happen to attend aws reinvent we are there we're also at the smart uh, expo uh, manufacturing event in liverpool yeah so in two yeah. weeks right yeah in two weeks so hopefully if, uh, if the video is there before yeah that, come yeah. to say hi if you are in liverpool yeah, they, they can always uh, come to us and see and uh, to connect with me personally and to have a chat around what's happening in the manufacturing world how you can embark on your journey uh, connect me on linkedin and i'm happy to have a chat and also, if you want to see the work which Hitachi has done with various other customers uh, in Europe, in North, North America, happy to have a chat. Uh, just ping me, right? So that's perfect. Guys, thank you very much. And thanks for tuning in again to the 5B podcast. Thank you very much for hosting us. Thanks, and for Tom, for hosting us. Conversation. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks, Tom. Cheers. Thank you to today's sponsor, IoT Tech Expo Global. Look forward to seeing you at the conference on the 1st and 2nd of December. All details to register are in the episode notes.